Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here to talk about grading one-of-ones. It's a question that's, that's come up. I think uh, there are some pros and cons that I can articulate here. Some are more important to some of you than others, and some of you just think differently. So I'm going to tell you how I think. I'm going to give you 10 considerations, and it depends on whether you're a collector, a dealer, an investor, whatever your hobby role, but that's... Uh, Controversial in a nice way. I think if you own the card, you get to decide what you want to do. Uh, anyway, thanks sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Who doesn't get excited when they pull a one of one? But how should you or do you think about that? You can make a list of pros and cons. I'm going to give you 10 considerations, but it's not like you're going to put on one side or the other of a ledger. You're going to count up uh, seven points in favor and three against a grading. It, it may be one consideration that tips it to say, I just need to get this slabbed or I'm not going to get slabbed for the following reasons. I'm not going to be judging, but I'm going to tell you how I think about it. First one is just the aesthetics. Grading does make a card look a little more distinctive, a little more special, more of a conversation piece. And I just want to acknowledge some of, of the grading companies having more attractive slabs than others. So if you wanted to grade it, you may feel that slabbing is a, a an improvement on the aesthetics. Again, that would be a personal preference. Notwithstanding, one of the reasons for this question is that quality control from some of the companies, some of the times, is unacceptable, that there are some bad cards to get through. I'm not sure that happens worse when it's a one of one, but if it does happen with a one of one, I don't know that they have extra one of ones put back in case a corner gets dinged. So I have some sympathy for the company, but the companies don't want their cards to come out as less than a nine or a 10. Mint is nine. So if it comes out at 7.5, that, that means something happened that was wrong. Like I said, I don't think they can go back to press and print up one more one of one of something that actually could be problematic in a different way. But aesthetics matter. That was my first consideration. Number two, storage. Uh, I think if, if a card is graded, it's uh, less likely to be overlooked. If something happens to me, my wife is very sharp, but she doesn't know cards like I do. Most uh, spouses do not know cards as well as the person that collects, but they generally know that graded cards are more valuable than non-graded cards, that the cards that are graded are generally a little bit more valuable. The storage aspect, though, that I haven't seen discussed very much is that I have a fair number of really nice cards that are in the bank, and they're in a not in a vault. They're more in, you know, the kind of, there's different sizes of safe deposit boxes. But uh, frankly, if you grade the card, it takes up between 15 and 25 times as much uh, volume based on the dimensions of the cards, the, the cubic feet, the space. So you can't get very many graded cards in there, but you can get a lot of ungraded cards. Take up a lot more room. That matters to me. I actually have cards at the bank that will be graded. And so I'm really just postponing grading these rare cards. I'm not saying they're all one of ones. They're, they're very few are one of ones, but they're still tough cards nonetheless and worthy of grading, even though they would have good value in their rarity as they are. And there's some people that say if they have a bunch of cards, whether they're one of ones or they don't want to flood the market, they need to have some restraint because once a card gets graded, it's in the pop report. And so people know that it's out there, whether it's a one of one, one of 10, one of a hundred, whatever, or an older vintage cards, which is what uh, some of what I'm talking about is. Uh, number three was the registry aspect. And I don't think player registries, uh, PSA, BGS, SGC, I, I, I think it's unfair to have a player registry that emphasizes one of ones because only one person can get that card. But an informal registry of people sharing, super collectors talking about either showing or, or more likely describing. I've heard many super player collectors tell me how many one of ones they had of their player. It's just bragging rights. So it's a form of registry without perhaps being a formal registry. In fact, a lot of the people that have the one of ones of their favorite player, they have 
the very strong registry presence as well. Number four was consistency, and that applies to me. If that's how all your other better cards are done, I don't think it's good to be too rigid with your grading company of choice, but nevertheless, I am. <laughs> I'm pretty much all in. My wall is all BGS. On the other hand, this consistency, when it's a one of one, you may want to set that aside if you're usually going to PSA you have a valuable one-of-one one card. You, you want to get slabbed for other reasons, but if you go to PSA, what you're paying for that, just to get it priced, even if you don't care that much about the grade because it's a one-of-one, one, you're going to pay uh, according to the value of the card. It's going to be very pricey when with uh, BGS or you would maybe just be paying based on the service level of how fast you want it. This consistency aspect, I think, is one reason why NFTs may wind up finding themselves swimming against the current because there isn't a consistency. I've got these physical cards a lot at stake there. And then, oh, well, let me show you my NFTs, and that's a different breed. So it may not be that many people that do both. And there's a lot of people have jumped into NFTs recently, but a lot more historically that have been physical card collectors. The obvious one, number five, protection. If I want to show my cards to my friends of the ones I have here, it's just no worries if I hand somebody a graded card. Big worry if I give somebody a card that's not slabbed and they mishandle it, they drop it on on the corner, ding it, uh, bend it in some way that they're just not aware. On the other hand, <laughs> slabs are not as uh, robust as you think. Some of the slabs are fragile. You drop a slab, it may not damage the card, but you can certainly ding or or chip one of the slabs. And, and of course, I'm not denying that just, just for mere protection, there's these different kind of mag holders, mag tight things and, and screw down lucites, and they could protect very well as, as well. But to be hermetically sealed in an official uh, graded slab is some comfort for me. Number six is documentation. You'd get a unique serial number on the slab. If, if something was stolen, you'd be able to provide that. But since there's only one, it's a unique card, one of one, but still it might be beyond the shadow of a doubt if the police or if someone knew this is the ID number, and again, the person could crack it out. But a one of one is a unique situation, obviously by definition. Number seven is nomenclature. I don't know that all grading companies use the same nomenclature, but there's a lot of commonality there. But it, to know when something's graded, how the hobby in general references it, and then you know what it is. It says what it is on the label. And you could look up history for comps, but oh, wait a minute. What would the comp be if you're the one that owns the one of one and it's you got it out of a pack? But still, knowing what to call it and what the hobby calls it is, is worth something. Number eight was authentication. This is not to be underestimated. I think it's happening. It has happened. It will happen. There'll always be crooks out there. I hope they're caught and I hope they're punished. But knowing that something is real and unaltered, because there have been some valuable cards that have been altered. And I don't know, when you get a great card, you wouldn't think you'd mess with it. You just accept it and enjoy it. But again, the authentication, once it's slabbed, the third party, the expert third party is saying, this is uh, the real deal and unaltered. Number nine is the obvious one of a value increase that the cards that are graded generally carry higher prices. Again, that's not always true. Certainly tricky with one of ones, but there's so many one of ones now. What's the comp for one of them? There actually can be comps for one of ones. If you've got the same player in a similar set or a similar player in the same set, and they're both one of ones, you may have some equivalency in the pricing and, and have some understanding of a general value. On the other hand, two one of ones that are that are very comparable, if one of them is a seven and one of them is a, a 9.5, you might expect some uh, value differential there. I've told the story about my Kobe autographed out of 10 that I got at, a, at an estate sale. I submitted it for grading with a minimum grade of 8.5. It's out of 10, so it's not a one of one, but I put it in for grading, but I said, give me a minimum grade of 8.5. I thought I'd like to have at least be a silver label. And it got returned to me. 
And so now I'm thinking, wait a minute, now I've got the card. It's not graded. It's clearly going to be less than an 8.5. So it's an 8, 7.5, whatever it is. It must have had a ding or a little crease or something. Sometimes those patch cards have a little crease. So now I'm regretting it. And so I'm going to resubmit. But my rhetorical question, is there a number below which you would not want to submit a one-on-one? If it's going to be below a nine, if it's going to be below an eight, if it's going to be below a seven, where would you draw the line? If it's on the other end, some value just for knowing that it's authentic and unaltered, but to come out with a seven, again, it should be an embarrassment for the card companies if they were the ones that produced a card that was imperfect like that. Off-centering surface blemishes that could have happened to the factory. Finally, number 10 is for whatever, is not even being analytical, just a feeling, uh, some intangible feeling. You just think, yeah, I really need to get this slabbed. And that actually could be something as innocent as, I pulled this from a pack, got it in a case break, and I just want to commemorate that, putting it in a slab. I don't want to, I want to be able to uh, set it aside and be able to point to that. I don't know that any of the grading companies are doing special label things. They, BGS did uh, a little run for me one time for the Jim Beckett collection for something. Suppose they could put a, a tagline on something. But again, for number 10, just whatever reason. You don't even have to have a reason. If you want to slab a one-on-one and it's yours, go for it. Finally, the verdict here is, in general, I'm slabbing a one-of-one. I'd have to have a, a good reason not to. I would do it with BGS. I'm not going to pay extra based on the value. Again, my other issue is I'm not in a big hurry. So I'm going to get it slabbed. And I'm going to have comfort in knowing that it can go on my wall. It can be in my little special holder that holds BGS cards and just enjoy it that way with that additional protection. So those are my 10 thoughts. If it's your one of one and you pulled it, you can do whatever you want to do. And if you're buying one and you don't like it being in this lab, you can crack it out. But I think generally I'm, I'm in favor of slabbing. So thanks, everybody. Be back again tomorrow with another episode.